And now we're here. How you doing, folks? I'm Corey Cooper along with Heather Atwood, and we are coming at you from Brothers Brew Coffee Shop in downtown Rockport for another edition of our Roaming Talk Show. Yes, yes. So, Corey, when was the last time you came to Rockport? <laughs> I was here two days ago to get a, a coffee roll and to scout out this location. Yeah, but yeah. We're over here a lot these days. I know, yep. which is good. It's good to get people from Gloucester yeah. to Rockport. And you're essentially a local. I mean, you're Pigeon Cove, but you're, you're here not, a lot. Yeah, well, actually, I was here at Brothers Brew, one of my favorite places on earth, maybe. Uh, I've been here for 25 years. Oh, no kidding. I used to bring my little kids here, when, and we would sit at the counter and get donuts before preschool. Really? Yeah, and now that little kid is 25 and the other one's 21. <laughs> so I've been coming a long time. That's yeah. impressive, yeah. My parents are here at least once a week. Yeah, like I probably used to the see them. Yeah. yeah every, time, every time I come in, Terry Brackett, one of the owners, is always just asking how mom's doing. So yeah, uh, yeah. I think she's down and out with the flu actually today, or else they would have oh, been. Oh, she's here. not coming? Yeah. Oh. She would have been like probably sniffing around. I don't think we can take her donuts. I think all these donuts are reserved. This for is so our bizarre. Crew. Yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ross Brackett was nice enough. They brought out all this food today, and everyone in the crew has stuck a flag and whatever they love. I'm, I'm fighting Becky for this. I think you are. <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> but it's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. No, oh, we <laughs> Got to divide it in thirds. Yeah. Jeez, maybe. Now, yeah, if you're not familiar where they are, we're at 27 Main Street in downtown Rockport, and like we said, we're gonna best donuts on earth. They're phenomenal. It's, we've been hearing about this forever. We were gonna do a show here last winter, and then we just kind of weren't ready to launch and do the live thing on Facebook too. And so now that we have, uh, now we're here figured out. Here we are. We yeah. had to make a point to be here. Yeah, and whenever we need donuts now, we're gonna do a show here. Oh, it's right? awesome. Yeah. yeah, and it's nice and cozy. So you can actually, if you're out and about right now, you can come down and be part of the show if you want. And come down and get yourself, you know, your coffee or your donut mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. Or else a coffee you roll or a slice of nisu. The skillet breakfast was awesome. Yeah, right, yeah. actually. Fish cakes, everything. We yeah. got 9,000. The breakfast here. wrap, that's really good. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. So, should we talk to Ross? I think we should ask Ross some questions. Yeah. Quentin, this is Ross Brackett now of Brothers Brew and Brackets. Yep. Hey, thanks for joining us, man. No problem. This is awesome. Yeah, so Corey doesn't know the difference between Brackets and Brothers Brew. I do. Well, the, the main difference is one's a full-service restaurant and one's the cafe bar that we have set up. Um, you know, for the restaurant, it's mainly seafood. We do have some, uh, you know, normal American cuisine as well. But, mm -hmm. And for the coffee shop, we've continued the tradition of the donuts and all the other pastries we will be displaying later on in the show. Yeah. I will add that Brackets is probably one of America's best views for a restaurant, right? It is a very good view, yes. It looks you right. You beat the real estate here. Yeah, it looks right. I see it every day, so it's normal for me. Oh, yeah, it's so beautiful. You know, it's, it, it looks right out onto Sandy Bay, and uh, it's a beautiful spot for Thank dinner. You. But it's awesome. closed in the winter. It is closed in the winter. Uh, we open up. Uh, this year, we're planning on opening around April 12th. Okay. Oh, nice. So. Okay. But everyone can come, and this is to Brothers Brew, which is sort of like a hub for Rockport in the wintertime, right? It, I mean, has, it has grown to be that, yes. Yeah. What's awesome is we were setting up this morning, and we had like four or five people on the crew helping us with us today, but we had to lug all this equipment in to get ready for the show, and literally people were getting up out of their chairs, like 15 people came and helped us uh, lug everything in today, so it's cool to just be kind of like the heart of the neighborhood here. It is, a, it's a wonderful neighborhood. The whole town's wonderful. Um, the local support has grown over the years significantly, and it's it's just a great push to get us through the winter, especially. Yeah. So, would you give us a little history of the Brackett family and how long you've been here and how it all started? I'll start off with my, my grandfather, who used to be a baker for Oleanus, which was a Norwegian Swedish restaurant, the main dining room, and they also had it. They ran out, they ran, they had sandwiches, they had full, full menu offerings through there, too. 
which we don't know how they did it because of how busy it gets during the summer, but they did. And that's, um, my grandfather was a baker for them. And then for about three years and out of nowhere, he, they put up a wall and they had the coffee shop and he's been baking there for 19 years. He did that and then he sold it to his son, Archie. But they're both Archie Rudolph. And he ran it for another 13 years and that's where me and my brother came in. We took it over, we renovated it a little bit, nothing too big, you know, we kept the bar, that's a favorite. And then we, where is that here? But your grandfather's 19 years or so he's still baking, right? Yeah. And then father buys it, buys it from him? Or then no, it, go to the grandson. My, my, his son bought it from him. Oh, I got you. And then we took it over from my my uncle. Yeah. And then we just renovated it, like I said already. And then we did, we just kind of we updated everything. We brought the espresso in, the lattes. You know, you've mentioned some of the breakfast items we've been doing. Mm -hmm. So that's really. And your lunch menu got sort of updated too. We right? did. You know, mainly we did. Uh, they had the chicken salads, tuna salads. We kind of brought in the turkey sandwiches. The avocado came in. You know, we brought that in. Then. Make it a little avocado know. comes to Rockport. Yep, yeah. avocado. Well, and I'm guessing the whole menu here sort of just evolved with the times. It too. has, you know, it continues to evolve. Um, the breakfast items we brought up, we just started those last year. The skillets, the burritos. Um, we're, we're still on the fence of going full breakfast, not full breakfast. Mm -hmm. It's a tough call. Well, what I love is that uh, your grandfather started cooking in when this was a Swedish restaurant, and there were lots of Swedes in Rockport, and you still make the nisu and the coffee rolls. We have the nisu and the coffee bread, which is, it's been a staple. People, people do come from out of town, out of state, out of country, and they ask us about it. And you know, they frequently ask about our grandparents who, they're like, oh, is that, how's that old lady that used to work here? And I'm like, oh, she lives right upstairs. She, she's still here every day, you know? So oh, that's really it's, nice. It's, it's nice to see the people that remember my grandmother when she, they ask about her and stuff like that. Yeah, that's cool. And I want to get back to your grandfather, too. The story about him bringing oh, in donuts. Yeah, when he first started, the, you know, Oleanas and them were two separate businesses. So he'd have his little bakery downstairs, and you have to bring him outside in the alleyway. And then he'd bring him in the front door of the donuts, and he only brought in about six at a time because his fryer later was just a small little fryer later That's compared crazy. to what we have nowadays. So he was frying six donuts at a six time. Six donuts at a time, put them and on a tray, then run them upstairs real quick and run back down. You know, and he sold just as many donuts as we did do today. So That's that was a hustle he used to do there. Yeah, that some up in that alleyway. Do people still have their mugs marked behind the counter? We do not do that. We did do get that? Rid of, when we took over, we did get rid of that tradition. Well, that's what I remember when yeah. I would sit with my daughters, that there would be, you know, people just kept their mug there. Oh, no and, kidding. Yeah, and they would sit down. The original they, mug club. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's right, awesome. Right. Yeah, that was nice. Well, you know, I keep telling people, I think winter in Rockport is one of the most special seasons. And, it, you know, you can park on Main Street, for one, and... You can get into Brothers Brew, and you can get a donut and a cup of coffee, and it just feels like it's more relaxed, but it's still very social, and uh, this is really the heart of Main it Street is, it and Rockport. It is very social, you know, we, and, you know, the heart of Rockport, people like to say that, I don't really like to say it, but, you know, <laughs> I do appreciate it when they do say that, because it, you know, it just, it's grown, like, when we first started, we, this place used to be deserted in the winter, and, you know, and it just, the support we get is just outstanding through over the years and everything we do. Yeah, now you were gracious enough to bring all kinds of treats to our way. Do we want to start going over some of these things and how they came about and what we're talking sure. about here? Because there's a lot well, to go over. I think the most important one is the coffee roll and the nisu. Well, I can do That's that my feeling. Well, because I'll, I'll start with the donuts first. Okay, okay. Donuts. Right ahead. For, for the donuts, um, we, you know, we kept most of them the same. Um, 
also with Brothers Brew, I didn't mention that my brother did. He used to work at the school when he first took over. So for the first five or six years, he used to be at the school and he didn't he helped on the weekends in the summer. But he recently came aboard and full time with us now, and that's where. Some of the new donuts come into play, like the maple bacon donut. He came, you know, he brought oh, that in. That's a big in. one on Facebook, yeah. I know, right? Um, you know, right. we have the coconut butter crunch, which is a newer one than the normal butter crunch we have. Where's the maple bacon? We don't have any maple bacon today. Uh, it's it's a rare occasion we do. <laughs> you know, we don't have them every day, but you know, these are the main donuts we have every day. Okay. Which is the plain cinnamon butter crunch, glazed Boston cream jelly. The jelly are really delicious too. That, of course, is my favorite one. The plain one? Yeah. I, I'm surprised how many people like the plain. I'm the same way. I, I love the plains. They're an you art know? form. When I, first, when I first started baking, I, didn't, I used to do a little bit of plain because I'm like, who wants plain? It's got no sugar on it. But everyone likes the plain. No, it's like this perfect balance of just sweet enough, not too sweet, with black coffee. It's so perfect. Yeah. It's, it's an American well, like, thing. You know, growing up, when my grandparents would have this, I remember me and my cousins would sit here and we'd pick the crust off the donuts. <laughs> and then we'd, then we'd dip the center of them in the coffees. That's <laughs> really funny. That's all the, I was like, that's different, you know? Yeah. I, it, you know? We all did it then after that, so. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's all about the crust. That's what's yeah. so great, is it's, there's so much crust exposed to that frying, so it's crispy. Yeah. It's really good. And then good. with the mention of my brother, that's where the apple fritters and this coffee rolls came into play that you see here. These are gorgeous. He, he came up with, well, he didn't come up, he saw them, you know? And he, you know, he put his own recipes together. He visited a re uh, bakery in North Conway, and he saw the guy doing these, so he's started doing them himself, and they've become quite the favorite among people. So, well, they are really beautiful. I might have to go from this very plain, like almost Spartan donut to that one. That for and and in the beginning, I'm not gonna lie, we did talk about getting rid of the donuts. Oh, that no was way! A yeah, that was a topic, Sacrilege. but we got so much. <laughs> grief. Yeah, grief yeah. for that. Wow. Like they, How did you even think about that? I, don't know, I just thought, you know, I was, it, you know, me wanting to come into the business wasn't from the restaurant part, but it was from my parents visited Chicago when they went to a coffee show. Oh. And they brought home a couple coffee magazines, and I got reading on those, and I was just fascinated with coffee. So, like, I wanted to just have a, co you know, coffee-focused cafe, really, but, you know, you know, the, well, you the do rumor really got out. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't well received. So, yeah. but I will say your coffee is really good, and it's Thank really you. you've done a really good job. Right yes. now, we're using um, Hogan Brothers up in Amesbury, but we started off with Black Bear Coffee, which was a little, you know, a little roaster in a little shed he had up in New Hampshire, and we just stumbled upon him. We took her down a dirt road in the middle of the woods. We couldn't find him, and finally we found him. And, it was just, it was wonderful there, but they, he recently sold it to his brother-in-law, okay. no, his son-in-law, I should say, and they just moved out to Detroit, and they're getting up and running now, so we're going to start getting back in contact with them. Oh, Black beautiful. Bear Coffee, you said? Black Bear, yeah. Cool. Now it's called James Oliver Coffee okay. in Detroit. Okay. Well, so, it's delicious. It's it really worth just, if you can't even stop and have a donut, or if you can't stay, run in here and get to go. Thank you. Yeah. you want to bring up the Nisa real quick, too? Or? Yeah, I think we so should show put people this that. aside, and the scones, and the monkey bread. And the... Oh, boy. So Beautiful. these are the coffee rolls, these right? Are the, these are the, the Nuiji coffee bread, we coffee call it. Bread, and that right. started with the only Anis, because they were from um, Swedish and Norwegian descent. So that's where the Nisu came from. It's mainly a Swedish restaurant, only Anis was. And the Norwegian coffee bread is obviously part of them, too. And my grandfather took over. He just got the recipes. and. Doing this and continues well. to do it. And yeah. you know, we don't sell as much as he used to. He used to go through four or five trays uh, a day. You know, we go through about a half tray now, but we also bread. don't push it as much as he, they used to. They used, they used to be the big thing for them. 
you know, but maybe I'm, after this we'll stop I remember at holidays I would be coming in here, like maybe Memorial Day weekend, and people would be ordering pans of oh, yeah. coffee Oh yeah, Christmas time, uh, yeah. Thanksgiving time, my brother down there, three days straight, we're baking away oh, for so. these breads, so. Yeah, yeah. You know. So this is a cinnamon, it, um, it's basically cinnamon. Cinnamon cardamom. Okay. It's all, it's also twisted. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, beautiful. Both of them have cardamom in it. Right. Right, and these are delicious toasted, by the yeah. way, the nisu. Yeah, that's they my are favorite. favorite you know, and then we got the scones, which was a, a newer item we added when we first took over. And you know, I was never, I, you know, when I thought of a scone, I thought of a dry piece of bread, to be mm -hmm. honest. And you know, then I started making them. My my dad showed me a recipe, and we started to make that. And I was like, oh, these are really good. You know, I'm surprised more people don't don't get them. And you know, they've been a pretty good hit too. Yeah, no, they're delicious. I've had your scones. In the too. summer, we sell just as many uh, scones as we do donuts, probably. So. Yeah, yeah, they're more of an update, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I might claim yeah. a scone. Just, the scones are really a fun good. Fact they are good. They are my favorite. So. Yeah. My favorite is a raisin scone, which doesn't sell as good here, but huh. it's a raisin. I like raisin scones. I think they're nice. They have a nice, just enough sweetness. Exactly. They're just a little bit less sweet than the others. Yeah, I like those. So Ross, what is up for the winter here now? What are your normal hours of operation? Uh, we're here seven days a week, seven to four. Um, we debate, you know, we want to stay up later for the show sometimes, but it's just sometimes the crowd's not there and just the, mainly the help. The biggest issue is the help, you know. So if you're looking for a job, let us know. <laughs> uh, that's one of the, you know, that's the toughest part of the, the business, the industry. All jobs out everywhere, I think, is having some time with help. Right. But, you know, we, we keep busy. Like I said, the support through the winter has just, you know, skyrocketed. We first, like, it's just, it's, it amazes me from when we first started. I'll say it again. Like, it's just, this place was, you know, after like 10 o'clock, we, we just, we just stood around in there. We'd close early some days. And now we, you know, it goes strong all day. Really. Yeah, right up until four. Yeah, yeah no, there are people coming in. So, cool. Thanks for hosting us today. Thanks for carrying on the family tradition. We yeah. also know he's he does something else in town. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. So, do you want to talk about your other activities as president? As president, I am president of Rockport Exchange as well. Um, I'm not as much as the loop as a normal president would be, but because I uh, I run the business here, so but um, we do run the meetings. We have. The Harvest Fest, Motif Number One Day, we run, which Sarah Kelly should be coming on to talk about all that stuff. Yeah, she's going to tell us all that, but she'll, I did want to mention. She's really in on that, you know, she started it, you know. Right. It's her, it's right. her child, her baby, you know. Right. But, um, yeah. So has it been fun for you to see the transition in Rockport to um, not just your business doing so well, but these festivals just doing It has. You know, right? the festivals, you know, they get a lot of support and a lot of people show up and it just brings a lot of the locals together. I hear a lot about it in the shop, you know. I don't let everyone know that I'm part of the exchange, <laughs> but, you know, they, they all talk about it. You know, I do little fundraisers here for it just to help out as much as I can. But, Great. Well, let's, know, we're, let's have Sarah Kelly tell us more. Yeah. Right. Well, people you. want to find you or learn more about you. How can they do that? Uh, Instagram and Facebook, Brothers Brew Coffee Shop. There you go. Ross, Great. thanks for Thank your time. You. I really appreciate it. Ross Thank Braggett you. from Brothers Brew. Beautiful. Yeah, right. And right. my God. I mean, what are, you, what are we going to do with this? It's pretty hard to sit here and not have something, but I'm going to hold back. Yeah, we're listening to the crew in our ears all day long. Yeah, right, about right. Save that one for me. Right. So, all right, coming up next, Heather. Hi, Sarah. Sarah Keller returns. You're a repeat guest, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Good. How thanks are you? for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Okay, so right off the top, what's the latest? There's always something going on here. Always something going on. The latest is that we have a Winner's Farmer's Market. It's back. Yeah. It's in a, next week, next Saturday, February 8th. Different location? or Different location. It's um, at the old, uh, people who have lived here for a while, they call it, I think, Smith's Lumber. 
the old um, 19th century building right at Whistle Stop Market, our Whistle Stop Mall. With the standalone all, building. The right standalone the, building, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Jay Smith and the Smith family have generously allowed Rockport Exchange to open that back up and have the community in there and um, have the market. That's there. a great spot. Yeah, it's great, great parking. Spot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be nice. I think there should always be a market there. Just have to put that on record. Yes. Okay. So. It's you heard it yeah. here first. On record. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> and I think I mean Melanie, who you all know, I think Melanie she's going to come on maybe later to talk more in detail about the markets and what's happening with that. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Sarah, I would love um, you run Rockport Exchange, and if for people who don't know, do you want to list all? the programming yes and I should say that um, there are other people now involved too so so um, I don't want to like it's not a one-man band here yeah, yeah. <laughs> thankfully but yes so um, we do Rockport Exchange does um, the farmers market in the summer which runs from June to October and then it culminates in Harvest Fest which is a you know, celebration of local food and yeah, you, you it were literally there. Is, yeah. I think it's my favorite local event in Cape Man. Yeah, that's that's it's awesome. awesome to hear. It's just fun. It's really simple. It's just yeah. about food and, and music and hanging out. And um, and then we but we kick off the year with our first event, um, Motif Number One Day, which is a, a long-standing event. Rockport Exchange did not start that. It's been around. I don't know. Heather would know probably. It's it's I think longer, longer. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. sort of a celebration of the artists here, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's you know. It's kind of hard to know what it is because it's called Motif Number One Day, and it's just such a Rockport-centric thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, but we try to yeah, so use the opportunity to celebrate Rockport's iconic fishing shack and celebrate the arts. So that's what that's that's happening in May, and we should say a big piece of that is the race that the school puts on. It's a fun run and right. a 5K, a fundraiser for their wellness programs, and that's an awesome component that they organize by uh, the wellness team at the school. Mm. So, Sarah, I would love for you to just mention briefly, because you're so brilliant at coming up with all kinds of creative twists to these festivals. Where does that come from in you? Wow. <laughs> you don't make it that easy. It's a deep dive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I start crying. Because she's on her third brother's group. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but it's yeah. so original, and it's so yeah. thoughtful, and it's really made it, these experiences unique to Rockport. Well, I think Rockport's such a unique place. And, you know, Heather and I had talked, you know, way back, I don't know, years ago about just the opportunities that are here and how special this place is. And I really think it does sort of inspire, man, what can we do? Like one of my things that I've never done anything about is these wharves that we have, except for Harvest Fest takes place on T Wharf, mm -hmm. but um, that are so amazing. So you start looking around even at the geography of Rockport and you start say, you know, thinking about how unique it is and what can you bring to it that enhances it, doesn't undermine that uniqueness, but actually pulls that out even more. So I think Rockport itself, not to sound hokey, but it's kind of an inspiring, inspiring place. Yeah. No, it every is. time there's an event here, it's like everybody comes out, and that's that's where like the insularity is sort of works to Rockport's advantage. I mean, yeah. every time there's something, it's like it's a it's a full wide community effort. You that's can feel People that. come from out of town to Rockport. Oh, oh yeah, events. well there's yeah. that, but it's, it's well just known. when you see everybody, all the locals be out and, and volunteer and be a yeah. part of it and just uh, get involved. It's amazing. There is. That's sort of the upside. That's true of like being sort of at the end of the line, mm -hmm. and you are the insularity is sort of a negative. Or we think of it as a negative, but it's also positive. Oh, like yeah, you said, when so. you like everybody comes out for these things, and because they're happening, and you're here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's such a walkable area yes, too. That's right. Yes, you, know, you can right. go to different um, places in town and be on the wharf, and be up on Main Street, or be wherever you have to be. Yeah, right. The parks too. So yeah, I love it. I love it all. Yeah, it's really good, and you've done such a great job with all of it. You really have. It's been. Um, so wonderful that Rockport has this tradition now. You've made it a tradition. Yeah, well, thanks. And I think it was it was 
like you know you were there for so much of it at the beginning and and you've seen that happen and take place and I feel like it's kind of started to take off like people all these younger people now are coming in the makers and I know Heather yeah. talks about it whistle stop mall and um, it's just in the makers market I mean I feel like there's a lot of energy here now and it's not so much like pushing against sort of a culture of I've never done that before we don't want to try that right. it feels different now I would wouldn't yeah, you say definitely yeah. definitely yeah it feels like a, there's been a shift culturally yes, yes and uh, people are really you know Traditionalists and non-traditionalists are really happy about these yes. uh, changes. Yes, I do think the recent things that have come about are pretty sensitive to the people who were raised here or born here or came here for peace and quiet. Like we're trying to have a little bit of both, a little bit of excitement, but also acknowledge this is like a really nice place yeah. to live for yeah. quiet too. We touched upon the winter market, but when you get into that post-holiday, January to April, some places it's a lull. But are, are the creative wheels spinning for geez, what opportunity can we can we do here in terms of Yeah, I mean my else? yeah, my problem is that I tend to always get wound up about possibilities and then the trick with Rockport Exchange, which Ross has been, I think you mentioned it, has been a huge part of, is building an organization that can sustain it past that initial, like, oh, it's a great idea, let's do it, and then you get tired of it after a year or two. So, you know, I have simultaneously trying a small group of people trying to do these events and try new things while trying to make it sustainable, and that's the, the trick. But, so I try to contain myself, but <laughs> the possibilities are kind of endless. I think a winter... Um, something more in winter, like we had a film festival, speaking of which, it was, or the idea of kind of overextending yourself, it was a great little Red Shed film festival, we called it. Love to bring that back in the winter, but we were just too small to sustain that much programming. So we decided to pull back and sit on that for a while, and then maybe with there's a new theater coming into town, Cape Ann Community Cinema. Yep. Right. That's right. the word on the street. I don't know. You yeah. guys probably know yeah. where the wheels are in motion. Yes, yeah. the wheels are in motion. That's the kind of thing that if we could do more partnerships or collaboration, since that's his expertise, you know, Rob Newton's expertise, you know, tapping into that. So we have lots of ideas, but trying to make it manageable is always the trick. Uh, yeah, right. And are you looking for volunteers? Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, oh, I knew yeah, that. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. And our annual meeting, speaking of partnerships or collaborations, Rockport Art Association has graciously allowed us the use of the... Um, they're building for a museum for um, our annual meeting on February 11th. So that's a great time to come and learn about the organization and learn about how you can volunteer or get involved in some way because it's definitely, what Rockport has is so many great organizations. Like I know Jeff and Celine Lyon, or I saw them in the back. They're coming, coming on up. next. Yes, awesome. <laughs> you know, so, so many awesome opportunities. So um, ways to volunteer, ways to get involved because it is a small group of people trying to do this um, level of programming, not just in our organization, but all of them. Mm -hmm. is, is a trick. So yeah. thank you for yeah. Yeah. Sure. all for volunteers. Yeah. Well, we appreciate your efforts for sure. Well, there are a lot of volunteers helping us bring on the equipment today. You might yeah. 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 grab them. This, I'm going to say, you all can't see how impressive this is, but this is, I felt like I was walking into like a legit studio. So <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, sometimes that's what we're trying exactly. to do. Yeah. We make it too. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Somebody with a podcasting mic, you know, I'm like, oh no, this is at another level. <laughs> well, thanks yeah. for joining us yeah. again, sir. Yeah, thank Always you love talking with you and seeing what's going on in and around town. So Winter sure, Farmer's Market so. next Saturday at um, the old Ace Hardware. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. Perfect. All right, thank you very much. Thank Thanks you. for coming to town. Right, we'll see you soon. Bye -bye. Thanks so much, Sarah Kelly from Rockport yeah. Exchange. There is so much happening in this little town. Right? It's really, yeah, it, it's pretty impressive. It is you really think impressive. It. For yeah. a town of, what, 7,000 or so people, a little over 7,000, mm -hmm. and all the things they have going on here, and it's usually like all hands.
was on deck too, like I mentioned. So Rockwell yeah. puts on a good show. Right, right. And actually all winter long, yeah. there are things happening. And in fact, people think that, um, the, that there's nothing happening in Rockport, but there is. Well, look, right? we, there's a, a parking situation we need to clear up in here once and for all. But now, yeah. I mean, you can park now this time of year without having to pay yeah. anything. So come to Rockport now. Yeah. Have a donut. Coffee. Yeah, now's the yeah. time. But we're working on some things. Yeah, yeah. right. Make it easier right. for you. Hey, you're not going to believe this, Heather. But Valentine's Day is also around the corner, too. And so who better person to talk to than our next door neighbor here from um, Brothers Brew, but Lori Tuck from Tuck's Candy and Gifts. Hello, how, how are, are you today? Lori? Good. Hi, Grab a seat there. Great right. to see you again. Good to see you too. I haven't seen you since Rockport Elementary School. Right. It's great to see you again. Good to see you yeah. too. <laughs> so what's yeah. the latest? How was, how, well the holidays must have been the holidays crazy, right? crazy, yeah. yes. Yeah. We survived. How many candy canes did you sell? <laughs> it's funny, if you'd asked me that a week ago when I was going to the Christmas in Rockport meeting, I would have had the number. Oh. Um, a lot. I mean, a lot. Over 150 of the chocolate, probably closer to 200. Wow. Wow. Um, the large ones that we have, and actually, I could have. We still have one left. Oh. Of oh. the 18-inch ones, uh, I can go get it yeah, after you run, we we'll, we'll wait you for should, it. You should, because you know, people need to see how beautiful they are. They're the most That's beautiful true. candy canes. Large and one chocolate left. All right. Huh? All right. We need all to right. feature that with the donuts at That'd the end great. of the show. Yeah. I will bring them. Okay. Back. All right. Good. They're, they're hand. How do we say hand spun hand. I know, we can't say hand dip, which is what we use for a lot of our things. They're no. pulled, I guess. Pulled, yeah. Because it's similar to making taffy, I understand. Okay. Um, the neatest thing, though, is that you can watch them being made in December. Of course, it's the wrong time to tell people that. No, it's true. But, but it's Saturdays, it's really neat. The factory opens the back door, and you can go in and watch them make the candy canes. Yeah, yeah. The ribbon candy is my favorite because they swirl it. And yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Looking. It was just always on my grandmother's in a dish somewhere in my grandmother's house. Ribbon. Uh -huh. The ribbon candy. I just didn't know it was decorative. You could eat it. I was terrified of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looks fragile and well, yeah. shiny and beautiful. And now yeah. I'm like, you're not, I'm not supposed to bite that. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Do you need ribbon candy to bite? Because I have that too. Oh, yeah, really? Oh, bring some ribbon candy. I'm easy. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. But before we get into Valentine's yes. Day, would you tell us a little bit about your family business? Because you've been there for a few generations. 91 years in February. Okay, let's hear it for. Rockport businesses, right? Cheers to yep. that. Yeah. They opened in February, so they were ahead of the big crash of 1929. Oh, right. Wow. But, um, Good timing. Yeah. They survived. <laughs> so, what made them? And they opened a candy shop? They opened, uh, yes, the candy shop first. It was opened by twins. And one of the funniest parts of the story, or the part I love, is that they opened it in their dad's on the bottom floor of their dad's second floor dental business. <laughs> he was the town dentist. That's sad. <laughs> That's really funny. That's sad. Yeah. In, yeah, one door, really uh, funny. in one door and out the other, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think he'd walk them through the candy store and give them a lollipop. As after they had this savvy dentist, yeah, that's good. Thank yeah. You. Very smart. Yeah. So, and this is your family opened it, right? Uh, my husband's family. Your husband. Oh, okay. And right. they were, so it was opened by twins, mm -hmm. um, and the candy started first, and then when uh, George Tuck, the twin of the candy maker Walter, um, graduated from pharmacy school, the pharmacy part of it. And so it was a pharmacy and a candy store, um, I believe, until about the 70s mm. when individual pharmacies just couldn't make it anymore. Right, right. So the pharmacy was closed. But it went through a lot of changes in between. Yeah. Uh, they had an ice cream fountain, um, and I guess they sold sandwiches. And so. Always newspapers, I think, right? 
I believe. Do you guys still newspapers? sell newspapers? We do. Yeah. All that yeah. Norman Rockwell stuff was happening. Exactly. Here. Yeah. Right in that yes. little tux. Yes. Yeah. Actually, we have some Norman Rockwell puzzles, I believe. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Everything is Norman Rockwell about that little store. Well, that's the thing about tuxedos. You have thousands and thousands of gifts in there as well. It's we not do. just the candy. We yeah. do. We do. So yeah. now with Valentine's just around the corner, mm -hmm. what are some of the more popular items that you see? Uh, one of the things that I didn't understand at first that has been really popular is we sell these itty bitty charms for people to carry around. And one of the ones we have is a red rose. And this is what the rose looks like. Oh, no kidding. Oh. Let me see if David can pick this up at all. It's so pretty. I'm going to read this. Yeah. Yes. So the red rose charm. A rose is a symbol of love. So I give this rose to you because you have my heart and my love is pure and true. Keep this rose as a reminder of a love that's never ending. May your heart be filled with warmth and the love that I am sending. Okay, so I have to get this for my husband, right? This charm may be carried in a pocket, held, or placed on a shelf. That is very sweet. They are wonderful. Yeah, that we is have really sweet. A lot of charms throughout the store and a whole display. and. People always say, well, if I want a charm bracelet, and no, but they're pocket, <laughs> they're pocket charms. Yeah. Huh. And oh, so you carry it in your pocket or your change purse, and when you get your change or put your hand in your pocket, you remember who gave it to you. That so is that is really fun. Really thing. sweet. So are there other ones besides roses? Oh, there are tons. Oh, okay. My favorite is pizza. And it talks about how cheesy you are. And oh, you're my piece of the pie. But each, each little card has its own story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just a fun thing to have. Interesting. Just a fun, interesting little gift. I bet yeah. the pizza one is really popular, it actually. Is. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one I show people the most. <laughs> that's very cute. So you don't always have to get stuck, hung up on the heart-shaped box or the saltwater taffy box, don't. but there is that, they too. Don't. Plenty of There that. is. In fact, here's, here's oh, one. Hey, now ones. we're talking. All right. Yeah. All right. Can Look we open it up? Sure, don't but you'll be disappointed. All right, all right. But it's such a beautiful thing. Well, well actually, you should open it up, because one of the things I love most about our store Yeah is that you can pick and choose which candies you want to put truffle, truffle, in truffle, your truffle, box. Truffle, 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 yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. No, that that's is beautiful. Nice. That's and pretty. doesn't yeah. everybody want that heart shape? Like, even if you don't want to admit it, you want the heart-shaped box. It's Yes right. and no, it's going down. Um, oh, I do have you're not some This could be taking my uh, Kentucky Derby hat, Lori, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> we have all different sizes of sugar. Okay? But look at this. Oh, and these are um, pre-organized. These are pre-done pre with our chocolates and some of our Swiss. You Soft cherry sorry, centers. That's a, the, the labels, you mean? But we need to know. You need to know. That <laughs> um, this so one is soft, geez. chewy centers. Yeah, and why? Are you doing a lot of online? We, not so, so much for Valentine's. Oh, yeah, Christmas, there's always we Christmas craze worldwide. Yes. Yeah. And it's, that's one thing about Valentine's beautiful. and online. It's really hard to mail these boxes. Oh, no kidding. So we encourage people to, a lot of people like the boxes, but more people like the candy that's inside. So the candy will go inside a traditional box that'll mail quite safely. Well, so this go. is just a wacky shape. It's just a wacky That's shape. That's a problem. Right. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk to our friends at the post office about that. Right? <laughs> they need to come up with yeah, express there's, mail. There's an opportunity shape, there right? somewhere. Yeah. There's exactly. Beautiful, Lori. But yeah. the other one thing we like to say is you can get all that you need because we sell cards as well. Oh, I you think do. you. We have the largest selection of. Um, 
Hallmark's Valentine's. right in all of Cape Ann. Um, probably we do. Yeah. Oh, these, these are so pretty. These two are by a local photographer. Yes, we love that too. Yeah. Always Sue a local touch on the street. Just down the street. Yeah, yep. right. The Heart these of Roses and Sea Glass. The, oh, that's those. really nice. I like the Sea Glass one. And of course, no Valentine's gift is not complete without the uh, little sweethearts. Of course. Oh, of right. course. The, um, yes. Oh, and socks. not only do we have them, in the traditional candy, but socks. That's great. Course. I love the I'm free. <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> That's really funny. Beat it. Oh, those are very cute. Those are very cute. Yeah. That's awesome. So now, Lori, for people, if they want to learn more about Tux, how can they do that? And what are your hours now throughout the winter? Okay, so we are open 9 to 5, Monday through Saturday, 12 to 5 on Sundays. But on the 12th, 13th, and 14th of February, we'll stay open until 6. Okay. I think it should be. So I think it should be twenty-four-seven for that. Yeah, right. so I'll pop in um, three a.m. Who's gonna? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it be fun to have a webcam out there, like yeah, all the that, all the husbands and we'll boyfriends? Ask for trouble out yeah, there, right. Yes. That could be pretty good. Yeah. Though. Can I share one more thing? Please with you? do. Of course. Um, one of the things that we have is a big music section because there's so many. I mean, I was a music teacher, still am that's a music right, teacher. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, but. Heart oh, mugs. that's very music notes, eighth notes. And yeah. I noticed so you have a lot more musical Lyon. stuff there once the Shalin Lu opened up as right. well. It just yes, made sense. Yes, we did. When Shalin Lu opened, we um, we have a, different people will come in. Um, I think my favorite story is one of the uh, roadies from Celtic Sojourn in December. Yeah. He had taken the extra show coming to Rockport, and his wife wasn't happy, and she was a flute player. And he came in and uh, found flute earrings. And he was so thrilled to bring such a special gift home to us. Yeah, you can do That's that at really Tux. Nice. You can yeah, do that. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Well, Laurie, it's great catching up with you. Great Thank to you catch so up much. With you this too. is gorgeous. Thank you for inviting me on the show. Always, and always. We'll yeah, we'll be back. back. We'll be hitting minutes. up soon. We'll be visiting yeah, as bring well. Bring the candy cane. I will bring <laughs> the candy cane. Yeah. Well, don't forget, yeah, folks. Valentine's Day is and right you around can the corner. Fill your own boxes. Exactly. Make a trip to Rockport. Stop at Tux. Get a cup of coffee at Brothers Brew on the way. 1623 should have our own tote bags too. I keep saying this. Um, yeah. Talk to me because oh, they talk. <laughs> Always the opportunists, Lauren Todd. Um, the yeah, company you know we got these someone? from. No, it's not. It's my sister did research and found us an amazing price. Oh, so okay. I would recommend the company. They're nice bags. They are. And they double as your grocery bag. They do. They right? last forever. And yeah. You can tell everybody. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Lori, so, for joining us. Thank you very right, much. We'll see you soon. You and so happy much. Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's we'll see you before Day then, of course. Yeah, I'll be in there. Cheers to that. Lori Tuck from Tuck's Candy and Gifts. 91 years in business. Isn't that amazing? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah 1929, okay. just right. before the market crash. And look right? at them today. Who says retail is dead? Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, it's thriving in Rockport. Those are some pretty gifts, too. Oh, they're beautiful. All right. Oh, wait, we, well, we still have her charm, but... Um, Don't we have that? Well, well, that's fine. You can get that to her. Here you go, Lori. Those are Thanks, so sweet. Lori. Is Jeff next? I think so. I think right. uh, I want to introduce the fact that Everyone thinks Rockport is all about Shailen Lou and Rockport music, mm -hmm. but right across the street from the Shailen Lou is an amazing music institution that has performances almost all year. Yeah, right. The Old Sloop Coffee House. The Old Sloop Coffee House. So yeah. we're now going to have Jeff Lyon join us. Come on Hi, in, Jeff. Jeff. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How Great to you? see you. Great to see you. Thanks too. for spending time with us. It's nice to be part of Now We're Here. Now We're Here. It's nice to be. Always nice to be at Brothers Brew, and Ross did not pay me to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they would anyway. Yeah. Sure. Sure. 
So you and your wife Celine have been running Old Sloop Coffee House for how long now? We are in our 11th season now. Wonderful. Uh, we have done 123 concerts uh, over, over 11 years. And will you describe to us the venue and what kind of a um, music hall event it is? Sure. Um, it was begun um, in 2009 by the Congregational Church as a project of the church uh, as a thank you to the community which has really supported the church tremendously for with funding for restoration and preservation of the sanctuary building, which was built in 1804 and needs constant work. Um, it's uh, a good quality, we hope, professional production of great musicians, um, but we try to preserve a, a really friendly, informal vibe. Um, it's a mixture of the people who come are a mixture of local people and fans of the musicians who appear for us. Um, so we have people who know the space and people who know the musicians and they all have something to contribute. Um, people speak with one another at intermission, people speak with the artists at intermission. Um, so it's a very friendly kind of feeling. Why do you love what you do? Why do I love it? I love the music. That's, that's the, the first thing. Um, it's great to do something for the community too. I just, it's a wonderful community. It's wonderful to be able to do something that, that people people appreciate. Um, we pay our musicians fairly, but otherwise we try our best to keep ticket prices as low as we possibly can. We do everything we can to make the concerts accessible to everybody. Um, the church takes no money from these, from these concerts at all. Um, the coffee house itself takes a little bit just to replace broken equipment and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, so from what I understand, you and Sleen have a real network at this point of nationally known, mostly folk artists mm -hmm. and some soul and blues. Did you know these, did you appreciate this music before you started this? And was this something that you already followed? I like all kinds of music. My own, I, I play trombone myself and my own background is more in classical music, mm -hmm. but I've been aware of folk music and was a big rock and roll fan for years too. So we knew something about them, but really we, knew, we learned more about this once after we started the venue. We do a lot of work to try to keep track of up-and-coming musicians. We, we just came back from the Folk Alliance International Conference, which was in New Orleans this year. Um, that wasn't any fun. That was not much fun. <laughs> no. and it, was, it was wonderful, just non-stop yeah. music between what, wow. what goes on in the city and what was going on in the, in the conference itself. Any names that we would know who are performing there? Uh, probably. Um, let me think. Um, but let me mention some names that we thought we were might be interested in following better. up with. Yeah, yeah. better. Um, there's a young man named um, Trey Bure, who is most recently signed to John Prine's record label, who's up and coming, and he was really, really terrific, so he's somebody we're going to be following up with. Um, there's a Canadian singer-songwriter named Catherine McClellan that we've known about for a few years, but we saw a full set of hers, and she's just wonderful, too. Mm -hmm. And then um, we also saw a full performance by Elisa Amador, who's from Boston. Paradoxically, we go to New Orleans to see Elisa perform. Um, her parents um, make up a duo called uh, Soli Canto, so they're pretty well known in the Boston area, but she's terrific. And she's also very much on the rise. So when you look at a season and you're trying, you're looking at these artists and you're inviting them to Rockport, are, are they anxious to come? Do they know about the Old Sloop Coffee House? Is it something that these artists are wanting to do? Most do. Yeah. We receive a lot of performance inquiries. We probably receive a thousand performance inquiries in, in a year. Wow. Um, oh. We do 10 to 12 concerts, each of which can have at most two performers, so we say no a lot. Um, but we also go out and look for people who haven't heard 
haven't heard of us before, the Buck Lines International attendees, Dr. Wilson Coffee House. Mm-hmm. So those are all new people to us. So it's a mixture. Yeah, yeah. We also try to mix up uh, local performers, people from Cape Ann, people from the Boston scene, which is wonderful, um, and touring national and international touring artists. Right. Well, I've been to a couple of these concerts, and I have to say how much, uh, I mean, they're different from the Shale and Lou in that it's a much homier environment, mm-hmm. but it's, a, it's the Fellowship Hall of the Congregational Church and you know folding chairs but the acoustics are wonderful and there's dessert and coffee (laughs) (laughs) we joke that the uh, well all the desserts are donated by parishioners and we joke that the desserts are as much of a draw as the music for many of our patrons i think so we watch people come in and there there are two groups of people some people head directly to the seats to pick out their seats and other people head directly to the kitchen to get their dessert right right it's it's such a sweet tradition right literally i guess but uh to have this um, you know, live music and dessert and coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I don't think that happens too much anymore. So yeah. what do you have lined up for Old Sloop this winter? We have, our next concert is February 28th, and the performer is Runa, which is a, just a terrific Celtic music band. Um, the people in Runa are Shannon Lambert Ryan, who's from Philadelphia, and um, her husband, Finan Tabara, who's from Dublin. Uh, he's a terrific guitarist. He played with River Dance. He's played with all the, all the well-known mm-hmm. Irish performers. Um, We've had them three, four times before. This will be their fifth performance for us, and we love them. They're, they're good friends. They've, they've done very well. They certainly, this is the smallest venue that they ever play, and they do it as a favor to us, not not because it's a, you know, a good step for them. That's well, they must great. love the venue, of course, yeah. 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 It's, it's really fun to have people like that. We have a number of people like that who are doing it because they like us. And they, been doing it for a long time. Well, I listened to Runa's video, Dance in the Graveyard, mm-hmm. yep. and I have to say, I think I have to get tickets because they, they really, they were, um, it was just it, I, kind of modern Celtic to me, mm-hmm. you know, um, but really enjoyable yeah. to listen to. Yeah. After Runa, we have Martin Joseph, who has been called the Welsh Bruce Springsteen, a wonderful singer songwriter. Oh, no. um, That's not a good way to sell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. he, his songs are sort of protest songs. He also runs a, a charitable foundation, so he's very much into, into liberty and helping people out. Activism. Mm-hmm. Activism, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but he, his performances are very energetic at, at Mala Springsteen. Um, That's great. And, and opening that concert is, is going to be Antje Duvakot, who is a Boston singer-songwriter who's also performed for us a number of times before. She's opening as a favor to us because she and Martin are good friends. She'll be back in June for her own concert. That's Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else you want people to know about the Old Soup Coffee House um, that maybe you haven't touched upon here? Um, Nothing can get involved in. Did you, do you need help at all? We always need help. Yeah. Um, Celine and I do far too much of the work ourselves. We have a small committee that helps us. We'd love to have more people who participate in some of the the administrative management level stuff and also provide input. We'd like to have more ideas about performers who should appear for us. Um, and then there's tons of volunteer work for everything from setting up the sound system to building the chairs to cleaning the place up afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if people want to help out, how can they do that? How can they find a contact? Um, they can visit our website at oldsloopcoffeehouse.org. There is an email address which is info at oldsloopcoffeehouse.org. 
that they can write to. And they can also find all the um, the programming for the upcoming year on yes. that website too, yes, right? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Jeff yeah. Lyon, thanks so much for spending time with us. You're very welcome. And it was great to catch up. Yeah. We definitely will have you back. Actually, I think sometime we should do one of these at the All Soup Coffee House. Right? If you'll have yeah. us. That would be great. That would be wonderful. Just perform. Welcome anytime. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Thank that. you. Yeah. Have a great Thank day. You. Thanks, yeah. you too. Thanks for all you do. Yeah. All right, Jeff Lyon from the Old Sloop Coffee House. That was nice. Right? Yeah. He's there's a great so guy. much happening in this town. Yeah. And people don't realize that. Yeah, and there actually right? is something going on. I think there's a film festival at the uh, Sloop Coffee House tomorrow oh, called The Clamps. So I think there's eight area film uh, filmmakers who have little short films uh, playing there tomorrow night if you mm. want to get involved there too. Well, Runa, February 28th. I can't You're tell in? you. I, I'm in, yeah. And then the Welsh Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Who doesn't want to see him? Well, that's actually that's my interest. <laughs> right? That'd yeah. be pretty badass. Yeah. So, all right. So, I think we have some live Rockport music. This is so up. great. Right? Yeah. No. Jake Pardee is joining us, man. What's up? Hey, How Jake. you doing? This is a cool format. Yeah. Right? Thanks for joining right. us, man. Good yeah. to see you. Thanks yeah. for being here. Yeah, of course. Who so, are you, Jake? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> let's get to the bottom of that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I'm going to say he used to be my neighbor. Oh, no kidding. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, when he was just a little boy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you heard me playing throughout the years, I'm sure. certainly did. We it was fabulous. We had glass windows all in the front of the house, and I had a lot of pretty big amplifiers, so. Yes, but Jake's family lived on the hill across the street from us. And they have a big house with a big front porch, and sometimes you played on the porch. Yeah, okay. and that was fabulous. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad yeah. it didn't bother you too much. Oh, never, never. Where did the love of music uh, begin for you? Oh well, my brothers and I have been playing music since we were little. My parents are really big music fans, but we uh, just kind of all got instruments when we were little, and we played in a school band and learned to read music along the way. But mostly it was uh, guitars and jamming at home. My mom started playing piano a lot more when we were little, and we all kind of did it as a family, so and we've all stuck with it. Me and my brothers, we all played. So, so you went off to music school, right? Yep. Now went to Berkeley College of Music. And then returned yeah. to Rockport. Yep. And now you have a studio. Yeah, I have a recording studio in Peabody called the Maritime Music Studio. So that's like a full-service studio. I record local bands and uh, my own music. And I teach guitar lessons. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. All right. So how would people find that if they want lessons, if they want to use your studio? Um, they can reach out to me. We're on Facebook Live, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah. you can reach out to me. Yeah. Like, sure, like right now. Yeah. 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 Jake Pardee's. If you just type in Jake Pardee and music or anything, you'll find me. And that's probably the most direct way to find me. Hey, Jake, let me ask you, how does like growing up in an area like this shape your music at all? Well, in some ways, it's kind of interesting to not have a specific kind of music that you feel like comes from Rockport because a lot of people, if you grow up in Ireland or you grow up in Jamaica, like a lot of artists I work with, there's a distinctive sound of the music that they come from, you know, of their culture. But And I always thought that Rockport didn't necessarily have its own thing until I got older and realized that there's a lot of songwriters here and Alan Estes show, you know, and he showcases so many of them, and you realize that there actually is a great folk scene. There's a great tradition of playing rock and roll and blues, and especially Boston. There's a lot more going here than I thought that there was when I was little. So growing up, I've, I didn't appreciate it until I actually became more part of it and then realized that there's a pretty established culture here. Yeah, and a lot of amazing venues around the area, too, that you can perform. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, the bar scene that we started playing as teens, you know, we still are very active in, and yeah. lots of people come support it. So 
we're kind of fortunate to have that uh, thriving music scene around here that's a lot more than I grew up thinking it would be, which is cool. And you're playing tonight, right? Yep, I'm playing at the Fish Shack right down the street. And, uh, in Rockport? Yep, right yeah. here in Rockport. And, <laughs> that uh, didn't used to happen. Yeah. Like live oh, no. music in a bar down the street in Rockport. Well, yeah, the live music on its own, but now that you can drink and, and yeah. check out live music, it makes it a lot more enticing for people to come out in The January. way things were meant to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Pierre Ave will be playing the Shailen Lou upstairs, yeah, upstairs right. on Main at the beginning of March. And uh, my bandmate from Pierre Ave, Chris Ritz Grice, will be playing at the Fish Shack next month. Great guy. So, you know, there's a lot of things going nice. on yeah. between the old sloop and you know everything it's kind of it's amazing great. right yeah yeah it really is so yeah. what do you be performing for us now I've got an instrumental tune that I'm gonna play first and this I think just kind of fits the cafe vibe that we've got going on so uh, I'll just launch into it here. yeah take it away Jake party for the scene. Yeah, that was appropriate. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect cafe vibe. Great. Yeah. Will you do us a huge favor and come back and do something else yeah, for us? Yeah, I think I'll sing one on the next time. So. Perfect. Nice, nice. Cool. All right, All right we'll finish Friday, with you. Folks. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Oh, we love you being here. I love yeah. the color of these chairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I blend right in yeah. sometimes. <laughs> That was cool. Wasn't that Yeah, nice? it was really yeah. nice. A local musician. What? Oh, Lori tucks back with. Thank you. She brings oh, gifts. It took me a little bit to get back here. That's yeah. all right. Who? So there is our large candy cane. Can everybody see how beautiful that is? It's ridiculous. And handmade in Rockport. Handmade in right Rockport. Right down the street. And this is the last chocolate filled candy cane. Those are awesome. I do one of those every year. Yeah. That's a lie. Um, I keep one in my glove box. Is, is how we um, denote the difference between the regular candy canes and the chocolate filled. Yeah. I'm a purist. I will tell you I, what, I, 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 this reminds me of my years, my years as a bad stand-up comedian. Because this happened oh, really? to me more than, more than <laughs> one occasion. That's it, folks. You're out. Oh, yeah. That's very funny. If you want to add those to your We will oh, yeah. definitely, yeah, right oh, my here. God. Thank you. So everyone should remember to come back at Christmas right. for the Tux just candy canes. Just down the line. Like, just yeah. a little bit, yeah. Our, our last guest today should be a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Lori. Thanks, hey, that was yeah. thanks yeah. for coming back. Don't forget talks, folks. Yeah. So, um, so I think next we have someone who's going to talk to us. Let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Oh, so anyway, if you're just tuning in, we're at Brothers Brew Coffee Shop in downtown Rockwood. For now, we're here. I'm joined by Heather Atwood, as always. And our next guest is Heather. 
Heidi Caswell Zander. She is the president of the Rockport Art Association. Yes. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Heidi. Thanks for joining us, Heidi. Thanks so Thanks. much for being yeah. here. So it's so fun because we're at Brothers Brew. We've spoken to the Old Sloop Coffee House, which is right across the street. We've spoken to Tux, which is right next door. And now we have the Rockport Art Association, which is across the street and a little to the left, right? So all the neighbors. Yes. Well, yeah. Rockport definitely has a lot to offer. Right. And it's really nice to be here in the winter and seeing so much activity, too, which is um, seeming to be more and more. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Heather brought that up at the top of the show, what Rockport's like in the winter. Yeah, it's I love Rockport like in the winter. It's beautiful. Yeah. I actually found, just a few days ago, Hibbert had written a poem that was in the Boston papers about winter in Cape Ann and how some people pack up and go away, but it's really so beautiful and he describes what it's like here with the whites and all the colors are painted by mm -hmm. Oh, I'd like to see that poem. Yeah. yeah. So now, Heidi, for those who don't know the basics of what the Rockport Art Association Museum, can you just tell us a little bit about that? And the origin story, too. Yeah. Yeah, so Rockport became a place for artists to come up from New York, especially, and they were people who were often graphic designers, and as they migrated north, first they were in Connecticut, so you have Old Lime and places like that, and the more that people went there, they found that they wanted to have something that was even more authentic. And Cape Ann, because of the fishing industry and the granite industry, was a place that artists really found that they loved. And I think the other thing that's special here is the light, because we're on an island. I always hear that. That's the most alluring yeah. thing, too. So I've lived abroad. I've lived in Italy. I've lived in Germany. I grew up here. So when I was seven, my dad bought the country store on Bearskin Neck. So I actually was here when um, sort of the tail end of that generation was still here, like Hibbert. So you had the artists who were coming here in the 20s and the f using the fish shacks as their galleries. On Bearskin Neck. On Bearskin yeah. Neck. So the country store even, I think, was a barn, and Hibbert used that for a studio for a while. Wow. And, uh, so who were some of the artists who you remember besides Hibbert? I remembered Hibbert, um, Otis Cook, John Chicotti, Sam Cody, Hibbert, yeah. Yeah. and um, Stil Stilson. Mm -hmm. and, Betty Lushlin when I was a child in Terlock. So John Terlock was just beginning to teach workshops and was a young fella. So when I was nine, he let me be with his adult groups. So that was a great memory of me because I was kind of like scurry behind them trying to keep up. And, uh, and then um, Betty Lou, she was painting. And people came from all over the country here to paint. She did weekly workshops that would start at 9 in the morning, but she opened her house at around 6.30. And people would paint all day, and then the last day of the week on Friday, there'd be a huge lobster bake. Wow, that must have been so and much so fun. Art here, and what I see more in Rockport now is a growing community again. Like you're saying, we've got the old sloop, and you've got the art association, the music. And so people, I feel like, as a community, are connecting again in a way that maybe they didn't 20 years ago. Mm. And I think that's what drew people to Rockport. Once you had the first few artists, they were getting together. So the Art Association in 1921 was formed mm -hmm. by Hibbard and Vincent and Stevens and Strizic and Serino or some and, of the people. And these were uh, basically, this was a foundation of what I understand is called the Cape Ann School of Landscape Painting. Is that right? So there is a Cape Ann School of, of Painting. Mm -hmm. And at the core of our artist members, really is traditional plein air painters mm -hmm. who go outside and paint, paint from what they're experiencing 
and then often take it inside and work on it and refine it. And that's what these artists were doing, the ones who were coming from New York and settling They were painting here. out plein air, so it wasn't yeah. keeping in school, using the light and the landscape. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there, if you look through different books on caping and painting, you will see that they're revisiting sort of the same places even now. Mm. So there's vast rocks. There's certain rocks that are almost like characters that artists are just drawn to over time without True. even knowing it. Yeah. And um, you have special light and finger sheet. And then motif number one, and I remember that also as a child, was very rustic. And you still had some of the boats that were going out and using a sail as an augmentation to be able to get in and out. So they were very beautiful. So you had the paint. motif and a sailboat passing by, is that right? No, no they were um, fishing ships. Yeah. They still had like a, a sail on the back of the ship. Okay. Okay. But and so they had masts and they were wooden. So artistically, it was just more. It was more than just the motif. Is that what you're saying yeah. in the painting? Yeah. And then you had the fishermen there and all the traps. The traps were wooden back then. Mm. So you had the really old ones were half round. Right. And, uh, then they made a modification to make them square, which was easier. And nowadays we have the square ones, but they're made out of metal and plastic. True. So, that's one of the things in painting I find really interesting. And when I was first be being a painter myself, I didn't know why it was so important or how you could justify it. But they're historical documents. It's true. So more right? and more I see, so you, nowadays we have plastic skiffs. There's hardly any of the wooden skiffs left. And they get a patina and the wood and gets the different layers of paint. And um, have also, going way back, Hassam painted on um, Granite Pier. Childa ha ha Hassam? Yes. Wow. So in one of the Cape Ann paintings. Very books, famous Boston painter, right? Yeah. And um, from my time in Germany, too, I've seen that Corinth painted here, who was um, sort of equal in respect and honor in Germany as the king, or Kaiser. And so we had seen an auction of painting by his wife of Granite Pier. So people wow. came from all over the world to paint here, and that was even, you know, sort of ahead of that major flush of people into here yeah. from New York. I'm going to tell you a quick story. I was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I walked into a hardware store. The owner asked me where I came from. I told him Rockport. He said, now I have to take you upstairs. And upstairs in this hardware store were a bunch of paintings because his grandfather had started, was one of the founders of the Rockport Art Association. Wow. Yeah, so it was all these Rockport schooners and Rockport Harbor. It was really amazing. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Mm -hmm. So, um, so those, those painters have traveled. And, and, and the iconography is out there in the world. Right? Yes. Yeah. So I remember too that there used to be placemats when you traveled throughout America that were the motif number one. <laughs> yeah, and I don't right, know right. really even knew where that was. And Disney had made us famous because in the 70s they did a panoramic video. And one of the places they went into was Brockport Harbor, a 360 view. Oh, interesting. And you saw the motif. And I think a lot of people saw how beautiful it was and came here and it showed artists. So that also happened to bring people to Rockport. Yeah. So the Art Association started in 1921, so we'll be having our 100th anniversary in another year. Yay! Big, 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 so yeah. exciting. So and what's on the calendar for that? So for the 100th, we're trying to 
pull together our creative community and showcase our artist members that are juried in. Mm -hmm. We also have a collection of over 600 paintings that we're going to have more and more. Oh, that's great. That's I would love to see that. Because we have some wonderful paintings. And so we're, um, we have a new director, Jim Craig, who is really passionate about showing our collection and being a museum. That's great. And we're working so that we really will be here in 100 years. So we celebrated in the fall. Chris Pittman is one of our members. She's turned 100. And Bruce Tarr came and he said, you know, I hope in 100 years another Tarr is celebrating one of your members. <laughs> That's very funny. That's it could happen, too. Those no. Tars have some longevity, right? So we're looking to just really be what we are. Um, and for me, it's a part of being a chain to the past, a link in that, so that mm -hmm. we're really respecting everybody who made it happen mm. in 1921 and showing their work. And also the Cape Ann tradition of plein air painting. And what we've been doing too is in increasing um, the inclusion of other types of art. Mm. So some modern work, more ex expressionistic, impressionistic. And we had our first national show um, mm. this past fall called the Ram National. And we had people submitting and hanging their work from Washington State to Florida to Illinois. And we hung, I think, over about 160 pieces. And we had jurors from Arizona and from Cambridge. And they came and juried the work. And it was quite wonderful to see work from all over and a wide range from plein air to very abstract um, sculptural work. And we're planning to do that more and more so that we will be seen as uh, a place to really come to see art again, which I think the Rockport Art Association was. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Beautifully put. Yeah. Well, if people want to learn more about the Art Association Museum, how can they do that? Anyway? They can go on our website. We have a calendar there that's being updated. There's contact information, so it's Rockport. ASSN.org. Um, mm -hmm. You can Google Rockport Art Association and Museum. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and if you're following on Facebook too, you have a page there as well. People can start Facebook following you there page, too. Facebook Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we have over 40 art shows a year. We have workshops for everybody. You have workshops happening right now, right? We do. We do. Yeah. Throughout yeah. the year, we have figure classes. We have watercolor classes, oil painting classes. We go to Denmark and demonstrate as artists. Mm -hmm. and it's great. It's a great, uh, it's just a wonderful center for our artist community, right? And yeah. even this, this Sunday, we're having a pop-up show from Creative Community where 80 people came together and painted for the last month on Sunday and Monday. And um, it was open to anybody, and we set up still lifes, 15 still lifes, and we'll have probably a hundred works up on exhibit for two hours. This Sunday? Yeah, it's a pop-up art show. That's Amazing. great. Yeah. We have people from Melrose here, North Andover, Wonderful. Melrose. Yeah. That'll be fun to stop in okay. and see. Aren't you glad you came across the street, Heidi? Did you join us? <laughs> yeah, I am. Thank you so much. Well, thanks really for the time. We appreciate you. And we and hope to do a show there yes. some, at some yeah, point. Yeah, we would love to have right? you come see what's inside the walls. That'd be wonderful. Thank yeah. you. All right, Heidi thank Caswell's you so much. from the Rockwood Art Association Museum. Thank thanks for joining us. Thank you. Have a great soon. day. <laughs>
Beautiful. So, guess what? Uh, Melanie Waddell is here, and she is uh, on the clock. All right, yeah, she's on a long. serious time crunch. Yeah. What's up, Melly Mel? Hi, guys. <laughs> how you doing? Hey, how are you? Welcome back to Now We're Here. Thank you. I'm <laughs> happy to be back. Okay, so the winter's market, right? Is this what we're talking about? Yeah, you talked to Sarah earlier. She touched us off. Yeah, we touched upon the subject. Gave you some highlights. Yeah. The first one is February 8th, and we have another one March 14th. Oh, um, great. In the building where people used to go to Studio Crepe. Right. Did you ever get there? At Crepe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be in there. Yeah, yeah. And we're excited to be in a, you know, local, another awesome location. This is a standalone building. Yeah, the, Old the Smith Lumber. Right. Yeah, exactly. It says for lease on the outside, but I'm sure that sign will be gone. Well, hopefully. The, yeah, right? For the, for I mean, we'd love to market. stay there for a while, but yeah, that'd be I mean, great. at the same time, and, you know, people will be able to get visibility to it. So, yeah. so what, what are some of the components of this year's for the winter, vendors. Of this um, winter's market? Yeah, we have a new one this year called Scrub It, and she <laughs> Body butters and lotions, and all she's using all different natural herbs and stuff, and integrating. So it's chemical-free body products. Um, for our food vendors, we have, um, you know, Justin Chase. We've been down to the farmers market, yep. Arrowhead Farm. Well, he bought a new farm. It's called NorthofBoston.farm. I've heard about this. Yes. So in the past week, I've heard about this. Yes. Yeah. So he's coming down with NorthofBoston.farm. Dot farm. Dot farm. Wow, I didn't know you could do so that. So it was a little hard to look up. So if anybody's trying to look it up on Google or anything, it was that's how you find it. Dot <laughs> farm. Yeah. So he'll be down doing produce and goods like that. Um, Seaview Farm will be around. They'll have grass-fed beef. So there'll be our food vendors as far as fresh. You know, company, yeah. Yeah, right. right. Um, we have Dancing Dazing Cookie Company. Um, she always has whoopie pies and cookies and cakes. Um, Hall to Heaven. I don't know if anybody's tried Hall of Heaven. It's a tea oh, candy. Oh, yes. It's yes. amazing. She yeah. has a new peanut butter flavor that she's yeah. making. Oh, Hall It's in a gold bag, so it's yeah. super special. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Breakwater Roasters will have coffee beans and coffee on hand. Um, Becca's banging butter. She does almond butter and a regular flavor and also coconut. She was down at our holiday market that was down at the Baptist Church. Yep. And it was a big hit, so we're happy to have her back. Um, spicy Shark, hot sauces, hot maple syrup. Oh, right. That's a cool now idea. Now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. honey. Smart. Yeah. yeah. Put a little heat in your, more heat in your tea, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else do we have? Uh, Laura Lee's Country Kitchen. I know Laura Lee. Yep. Yep. She'll be down with her jams and her jellies. Um, and we still have, I think we have a couple more vendors that we're talking with. So, oh, good. And the list should grow. So that's where we're starting with right now. Okay. Um, we're hoping to have a musical entity at both. We're potentially going to have some high school jazz students. We're looking to firm that up. Nice, nice touch. Um, yeah. There's a lot of music around here. A lot of musicians. There's a lot of yeah. musicians. <laughs> yes. I heard you have a special one coming on today, yeah. or has been and is coming back. Yes, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, you're, you, did you, unless you want to stick around, stick around and sing, did you do that for us, Mel? <laughs> Nobody wants me to do that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> No? Yeah, no. So if you're interested in learning more about the market or keeping up to date with the vendors, um, we add them on social media, whether it be Instagram or Facebook. Um, we also are always Rockport Exchange. RockportExchange.org. Okay. Um, there are links there if you want to become a vendor. It's somebody who makes or grows their own food-based product. Perfect. Um, and we also have links there for volunteers and musical vendors. So Great. if you're interested in joining the Rockport Exchange in any capacity, you can find more information on our website. Yeah, you, you guys do so much. You need a lot of help. Yes, we do. Yeah. We appreciate all the help we got. So yeah. thank you guys. You gotta get back to work now. Do. Okay. Yeah, well right. thanks for joining us. This thanks is cool. For me on. And so one more time, the sure. first date now for the winners market. February eighth is? is next Saturday. Yeah. And then we'll have another one March fourteenth. There you go. Yeah, thanks, we'll Melanie see you Waddell. Then. Come on down. Thanks okay. guys. Bye bye. Have a bye. great day. You too. Melanie Waddell, also of the Rockport Exchange. Know. And telling you all about the winners market at that new spot. Well, it's the old spot, but it's a new Right, but it's a great spot. Yeah. It's a great place for a market. It should be there all the time.
We shall see. That's my feeling. Yeah. yeah. So I think we have another guest who oh, will talk to us about Rockport here. history. Good morning. Good How afternoon. are you, Les? Hi, Heather. Hi, Corey. Good to see you. Great to see you. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Indeed. Yeah. So we would love for you to tell us about one of my favorite Rockport institutions, which is the Sandy Bay Historical Association. Sure can. So um, the Sandy Bay Historical Society is housed up at 40 King Street on what was the Sewell Scripture House. It was built by Levi Sewell. 1832. So it, in the midst of things changing and going all over the place, it's going to be there when the earthquakes come, when the water comes. Yeah, it's a beautiful granite it, yeah. home. When you look at it. Is it Georgian? Is that that's no, where it's No, it was built in 1832. Oh, right. Okay. It's big pieces of granite before they had derricks, and somehow he lifted them up into position. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's that's beautiful. It, it is, you know, I first walked into the museum in 1998. And I've walked in almost every day since, 22 years on, and every day I walk in, it's a miracle and a blessing. And it's also there. on the National Registry of Historic Places, it is I believe, indeed. right? Yeah. 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 So in the midst of all these great people you've been talking with this morning, I, I describe this society as history fluid, meaning everything is there that brings names back from the past into the present and connects us with so much of daily life, which I think is really important. Mm -hmm. That means it's sort of like an infinitely expanding box. You walk in and you can always find some other topic, some other thing that hasn't been looked at before. Um, I think, I would like to add, I think a lot of very important people have lived in Rockport. Yep. People may not realize how important they were. And many of them have left their objects, their pictures, their writings oh, for sure. to the, the society, the historical yeah. society. So yeah. there's a, great, a lot there. The, the, the origins of it is really connects to that in that the society was founded in 1925 by Marshall Howard Seville. So now let's rewind time mm. to 1892 when Marshall Howard Seville is 22 years old. His father is a railroad clerk and in 1922 and we have this letter, Marshall Howard Seville writes a letter to his father asking his father's permission to go on the train to go to Harvard to attend a course in archaeology. Now, what's striking is, at, in our time frame, there's no one asking permission for anything, <laughs> right? It just goes out there, as an Instagram or Facebook or what it might be. So he is writing this letter. Not only does he go, he gets there, he gets a four-year scholarship, becomes the foremost collector of Central American artifacts, and in 1925, he sees that Rockport's connection to its past is fragile. People are putting things away in drawers and they're forgetting it. Mm. And he founds the Historic Society. And for four years, they're from house to house until they get to the community house in 1929. They're there until 1957 when they get to the Sewell Scripture House. And so it's a story of incredible volunteers that have family connections, historic connections, where we're all dealing with Things that come in that maybe people don't know how they connect, mm -hmm. or as, as, as I say with Gwen, who's the real old timer there, every piece of paper that comes in resets the calculation for history. Mm -hmm. We know more about another person, we know more about another object. We should put a cheer out for Gwen Stevenson, yeah. who runs the Hi, Gwen. archives there. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Gwen, for all out. you do. Yeah. And you know, a shout out to Ingrid Brown, who's the daughter of Marshall Swan, who wrote the last big history of Rockport. Shout out to all the volunteers. And Marshall Howard Seville's great grandson, Randy Seville, is now the president. No way. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. that's he very cool. Yeah. So I think you brought a little I something, did. right? I brought one thing. 
You know, I, I, have, I have the nickname of Ebenezer the Squirrel because I'm going around and finding things. <laughs> so what I brought... Now, was this an up. object that, from this the Historical Society? Yeah. In the Historic Society, we have every artifact from Dogtown. And as we know, Dogtown's a hot-button issue. Mm -hmm. Leave it alone, do this, don't do that. We don't want people to come in. What people don't know is the whole story of how artifacts came out of the cellar halls. Because, of course, by 1830, no one's living there. The cellar halls. Could you just describe what a cellar hall is? Okay, really simple. If you build a house without a foundation, you got a cellar. Typically, it's a dirt cellar. After you got living in it, it collapses because it doesn't have a wooden or a cement stone foundation. And that's what happened in Dogtown. There was not enough area to be able to build foundations. Mm -hmm. And the houses eventually all fall apart. It's unique in America as being one of the few colonial towns that have never been developed. Okay? So in the 1930s, getting artifacts out was a really big deal. This is a um, from the cellar hole 23 of Peter Lurvey. Unless I can actually... You can do it. You can, yeah. Maybe, so it's a pewter spoon. That's beautiful. Okay. Now, this is date-wise somewhere around 1740, 1750, wow. 1850, 1950. So we're looking, you're holding something that's over 260 years old. Wow. And the story is Peter Lurvey was a fisherman. He lived in Dogtown. He would go down to Gloucester, take the ships out, bring the fish back. Somebody would make a super stew, and that spoon would be used. Mm. And it exists. So this is part of the amazing collection of things right, over there. Right, yeah. yeah. There are so many interesting things there. May I see this? Please. I wanted to hold that too. Yeah. That is so, it's so heavy. Yeah. It's yeah. pewter. That is beautiful. You know, and it will live longer than us, probably. Right, right. And it's so interesting how these objects just send you straight back to 17, Yeah, you know, I would say rather than sending them straight back, it's like they give feet to coming right into the present. Yeah. Because yeah. so many decisions are made now without any knowledge of, of relative thinking. Mm -hmm. History takes time. As you know, you dig into a topic, you find more and more, mm -hmm. and then you make a recipe to bring how to bring the elements into the present. And but the vibrancy is there. You say, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, mm -hmm. this is going on at the same time. I mean, in terms of this pewter spoon, what's going to be left here after this all goes down? Right. Mm -hmm. So people can go to the Sandy Bay Historical Society and do research, Absolutely. Right? Typically on Mondays year-round, mm -hmm. we're open for research. Mm -hmm. Special times can be added to that, ahead, knowing ahead of time. And in the summer, we have docents who are open a couple of times during the day, mm -hmm. during the week. We've got a website, rockporthistory.org. Mm -hmm. We have a Facebook page, which is very good. I'm going to see what programs that the museum puts on the Rockport Public Library from April through October. Right, and they have a series of talks too, don't they? That's what they? I'm talking yeah, about. Right, the talks. That's what you're, okay, yeah. right, exactly. Great, great. Well, thank you so much. You're and I really welcome. encourage people to come visit, go visit the Sydney I know, Bay I've Historical. seen you there more than once. I have. <laughs> I've done some research there, and it's been very helpful. Great. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you both. Yeah, anytime you get to talk to Les, I mean, you, it's I a know. learning experience. <laughs> it's, a, it's a college <laughs> course. Yeah, we need itself. to have you again, Les. You do, dear. Because you have so Bye. Thanks for spending time with us, Les. We really appreciate it. We'll see you soon. Les Bartlett from the Sandy Bay Historical. Society. society. Yeah, I said yeah. association. Society. Yeah. 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 Awesome stuff. We've uh, actually had him at 1623 Studios a few times just to chat yeah. history, and he's an amazing guy. He is. Encyclopedic and I really, knowledge. But I also, that society is such a gem. You, take, you speak of it glowingly all I the do. time. Yeah. No, I've done some, been able to do some really good research there. So yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah. So we have our next guest. Yes. 
is the person who's going to tell us about why this area is so popular that certain beings flock here. Yeah, <laughs> right? the birding, the birding the season is a big one. The here. birds come here. John Nelson, Hi. nice to see you. I'm How Heather. You, John? <laughs> I'm Corey. Thanks for the time today. Thank I really appreciate it. So you are the author of this book. Yes. About uh, yes, this is. Uh, and I can hold this for you too, yeah. John. Flight calls. Uh, it's published by the University of Massachusetts Press. Uh, came out in October, so it's a uh, a series of essays about birding in Massachusetts. Uh, kind of a combination of field experiences, science, uh, history, birds and literature, humor. I hope so. Uh, I tried to write a book that would appeal to serious birders, but also appeal to anyone with a, an interest in birds. So it's not a technical book. Um, I must say it's, uh, it's got two chapters on Cape Ann uh, that bring in some Cape Ann history, and uh, I'm honored to follow Les. I just met him today, but we've been oh. chatting. Uh, he's a tremendous source of local history. Uh, he really is. He knows an astonishing amount. So I learned a lot just talking to him. He's a great guy. Where did your love of like, ornithology begin? Like, how did that all come uh, about? Well, I'm a kind of a midlife birder. Uh, I played sports until my body gave out. So. I didn't become a birder until my 50s. Uh, I started bike riding for exercise. Uh, I saw some birds. I live in West Gloucester, birds close to home. I couldn't believe these birds existed right here on Cape Ann. Mm -hmm. Uh, it took me a while, but that's what got me started. What was the first so, bird that excited you? Uh, I think locally, glossy ibis, which aren't here now, but are here every year. They arrive. Uh, they're kind of a heron-like bird. They're uh, big birds with long bills. Do we um, see them in the salt marsh? In they're the in the salt marsh. That's County Greenbelt, uh, I think I've seen them yep, before. Yeah. They're yeah. Greenbelt, Plum Island, salt marsh around here. They're sort of an iridescent, uh, dark green, dark red. They're stunning looking birds and when I saw my first one I thought this bird should be in Africa somewhere not you know not down the road from yeah, my house in these Massachusetts yeah. for sure right so I have read that winter birding on Cape Ann is pretty special is that true it is uh, to some folks it might seem crazy to go out uh, looking for birds in the winter uh, but uh, Cape Ann is one of the choice spots to look for birds in winter, um, mostly seabirds. So a lot of bird clubs, like Brookline Bird Club, leads a lot of trips here in Mass Audubon. Uh, so we go to sea watching places. So in Rockport, that's uh, Halibut Point, Andrews Point, Cathedral Edge, which are all close together. Uh, in Gloucester, the Back Shore, Grass yeah. Rocks, mm -hmm. uh, Eastern Point, Jodry Fish Pier. Mm -hmm. So we're mostly looking for waterfowl, but also gulls. And there are kind of certain birds that, you know, probably my favorite is Harlequin Duck, which is good if you're leading a bird tour because they're extremely reliable. <laughs> um, you know, they're from. So they're little ones, right? Sitting. They're fairly small ducks. Yeah, with uh, like a little white on there. They're after uh, a clownish-looking character. Yeah, they're really beautifully patterned. Mm -hmm. um, they're birds that breed in Alaska. Uh, they're actually called a torrent duck because they feed. They like rough surf. Uh, they're daredevils. So the harlequins the, breed in Alaska. They do. And they migrate to 
yes. the Atlantic Ocean? Yes. Wow, so, that's amazing. Uh, a lot of the winter birds we see don't breed here. Mm -hmm. the, the waterfowl, they breed for, you know, possibly Alaska, but further north in Maine mm -hmm. or in Canada. Um, and they come to this area in the winter. So what is special about Cape Ann for the, well, these migratory winter the, birds? You know, the rocky headlands of Rockport are just good feeding areas for mm -hmm. those birds. Um, you know, it's <laughs> finding birds in locations anywhere is about food availability. Mm -hmm. So I'm not enough scientist to explain it technically, but there's food available for them here. Right. Um, and I think, you know, especially the places in Rockport, you can get very close to where the birds are in the water. The harlequin ducks are kind of right there by the rocks. Right. So, so it's accessibility for the humans, too, makes yes, it good. That's yeah. part of the appeal. Yeah. So in your time watching birds um, in this area, what changes have you seen? Have there been have the climatory changes altered? Um, the species that are here or, or, or leaving, there's a change there. Their patterns? Well, absolutely. I mean, it's partly from personal observations, partly from what I've read. Um, but, you know, it, it's sort of bird by bird. There are some birds, songbirds that are doing well, some seabirds are doing well, but overall the picture is not good, even grim. Um, there was a big publication a couple months ago about just the astonishing number of birds we've lost in North America. Um, and I, you know, many species are in decline. Um, the main factor is loss of their habitat, uh, whether it's woodlands. Um, climate change is part of that. Uh, kind of the best source for Massachusetts and locally, Mass Audubon did a state of the a series of three State of the Birds reports, which are on their website, mm -hmm. which just give you a kind of bird-by-bird -bird picture of which species oh, are doing well, which yeah. species are in decline. And their most recent report focused on climate change. So there are, you know, one big factor is that songbirds that migrate um, <coughs> to the Caribbean or West Indies or South America and, and come back, uh, climate change is affecting their synchronization, so they're they're prompted to migrate uh, to migrate by changes in light. Um, but they don't know that insects might be breeding earlier because of climate change. Interesting. So they kind of migrate in a way that optimizes their chances of finding food, but that's being disrupted. Um, and that's been well documented. Uh, rising sea level, there's one bird, which is kind of not here in the winter, called the salt marsh sparrow, um, which breeds only in salt marshes. That bird's in serious trouble because uh, rising sea level is going to drown their habitat. So I've talked to Mass Audubon ornithologist. I asked what what's what's the bird you're most worried about? And he mentioned that one. And it's kind of a specialty bird here because they breed only in salt marsh on the Atlantic coast. So overall the picture is a pretty good. precarious situation, yeah. It is. Well, we do see bald eagles. Yes, right? that's actually one of the success stories. Bald eagles declined throughout North America because of pesticides which thinned their eggshells, so their populations were dropping. 
Uh, but Rachel Carson's pioneering book, Silent Spring, about pesticide use, uh, led to restrictions on pesticides. So a number of birds, <coughs> bald eagles, peregrine falcons, ospreys, you know, which are all kind of beautiful birds with a lot of Trauma. Sort of yeah. trauma <laughs> yeah. and lore behind them have recovered. Yeah. So um, there's actually been uh, two bald eagles regular at Ten Pound Island in Gloucester Harbor. So we've been hearing, yeah. If Amazing. You want to see a local bald eagle? That's not the only place, but uh, go down to the, the boulevard and look out there and you might see them perched in it's the, the trees. It's the bald eagles, it's the piping plovers, and it's the snowy owls. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, all those birds have, you know, taken this. A lot of work by conservationists. Mm. Um, sometimes with a lot of resistance. There was a lot of resistance to closing off beaches um, to provide nesting habitat for piping plovers. But this area, they have a limited range, a very limited number of places they breed. If we don't protect them in places like Cape Ann. They, they'll be gone. Right, so. right. Well, amazing, John. Thanks for spending so much time yeah. with us. Yeah. And where can people purchase yeah. your book? Yeah, Flight the calls. book, uh, it's available at the bookstore in Gloucester or directly Ooh. from UMass Press. And I, I'll give myself a plug if you want more Please information. Do. I'm giving a, uh, a talk about the book uh, with a focus on Cape Ann birding uh, Friday, um, Saturday, February 8th, 2 o'clock at the Sire Free Library. Two o'clock. So okay, so go to the okay. Winter Farmers Market and then go hear John's go. talk about birds at the Story Free Library. There you go. Great. Yeah. Thank you. I'd love to talk with you again, John. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Thank you again that. for coming. Yeah. Yeah. Have a great winter. John Nelson, that was fascinating. That was really I love that chat. I know, I yeah. do too. It's just we could have talked a lot longer to him, but we have to. Um, we have to leave Rockport. We have to wrap things up. Exactly, but not without one more song. No, right? Jake's gonna. Jake Party is coming back and he's gonna settle, settle in. We want to thank, um, of course, Brothers Brew Coffee Shop for having us here today. They were amazing. Thanks for the donuts. Um, Ross Brackett and the whole family there, awesome. Sarah Kelly from Rockport Exchange, Lori Tuck from Tuck's Candy and Gifts, Jeff Lyons from the Old Sloop Coffee House, Heidi Caswell Zander from the Rockport Art Association Museum, Les Bartlett from the Sandy Bay Historical Society, uh, John Nelson, if you saw a flight calls of, of all about winter birding. Mm -hmm. And Melanie Waddell, also from the Rockport Exchange, talk about the winter's market. So, and we want to thank our crew. Yeah. Becky Tober, our director, technical director Matt Macon, mm -hmm. who's not here right now, but he is usually. He's back here. in the studio, and making sure we're stuff. going out live. Yeah. Right. And our floor director, Lisa Smith, her daughter's going to be in Frozen in the O'Malley production. Just yep. got to put a plug in for her. Production assistant Alana Horn has done a wonderful job, and camera David Lufkin, right another over, great job. Over our yeah. shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Our next now we're here shows we're going to be at the Manchester by the Sea Public Library on Thursday, February 13th. The Great Marsh Brewing Company in Essex, Monday, February 23rd. Back at the Boatwood Hotel in Gloucester, March 20th, and at Hammond Castle for their opening day on April 3rd. So thanks for joining us. Uh, once again, we will see you soon, or come down and see us at 11 Pleasant Street in downtown Gloucester at the new uh, 1600 Studio Space. Heather, thanks once again. Thank you, Corey. Have a great weekend. As always, yeah, you too. We'll see you soon. And Jake Party, thanks for being here as well. Of course. Yeah. And take us away. And Jake is performing yeah, tonight. This, tonight, tonight at Fishback, Fish 8 o'clock. So I changed what song I was going to play at the last minute, because John was talking about the environment. And I've got a song that has to do with escaping our planet as it's slowly being destroyed uh, by using either a literal spaceship or one in your imagination. It's a toe tapper. Here we go. Here we go.
said, hey everybody, we know now it's too late. The world is running down a demolition highway. They hope to invent something so they can escape. But they plan to leave the rest of us behind. So I'm flying up into the sky in my own way. I'll be flying to Mars in a rubber dub style. And I'm taking anyone that wants to come with me. I said I'll take you with us if you'd wanna come with me. Cause I only wanna live on the earth while the oceans are filled with fish. I don't want to live on a satellite dish When the fields once full of life are empty And the trees once full of songs are silent When the only news that we hear is violent The victims are the criminals and thieves are commended the people they still want to ingest it So we stay tuned and we hope to digest it While I'm flying up into the sky in my own way I'll be flying to Mars in a rapid dub style And I'm taking anyone that wants to come with me Said I'll take you if you'd want to come with me. Thanks very much. This is great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. Can I eat this donut now? Oh, oh you got the fight Lisa Smith for it. There it goes. Yeah, <laughs> I have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you next time. And now we're here.